This is, uh, today we're in our second week of our new series that we started last week, Compassionate Interactions. Uh, last week we looked at Jesus' uh, interaction with Andrew. Uh, and we think now Andrew the disciple, we know that, but at the time uh, it was Andrew the disciple of John, Andrew the fisherman, and they spent the day together uh, and, uh, you know, Andrew got to go and spend where Jesus was staying. Um, and after Andrew visited with, with Jesus, he went straight to his older brother and said, I have found the Messiah. And two things that we looked at last week were these. That one, we get to build relationships with people like Jesus did. And two, we get to proclaim Jesus as the Messiah like Andrew did. And that's what we focused on last week. And so if you uh, did not have an opportunity to, to hear that, I would encourage you to go and listen. If you missed our first week, you can go back. It's online. Uh, it's, uh, um, you can listen to it, just the, the audio of that. Or you can go watch either way. Uh, but I encourage you to do that. Uh, this week, we're looking at uh, Jesus' interaction with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Uh, who's, uh, whose head started playing the song? Who heard it? Who started hearing it? Yeah. Yeah. All you got to do is say it, right? How's it go? Zacchaeus. What? No, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Thank you for the amen, Virgil. I actually had tried to get the worship team to do it, and they just looked at me and said, yeah, no. No, we're not doing that. I said, do two measures of it and then like just stop and like say, okay, can't. No, they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. So um, I actually think that it, it's pretty sad. It's almost, yeah, I mean, it's a terrible song, honestly, in my opinion. I think it is. Um, it, 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 it totally represents the reality and truth in scripture that man looks at the outward appearance and man looks, and God looks at the heart, doesn't it? Uh, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And it's the first thing we think of when we hear the name Zacchaeus. We think about the outward appearance of him. Where Jesus, in, in my opinion, and in, in what we'll see today in Scripture, was worried about his heart. And we really kind of emasculate the poor guy. I mean, I'm short. I'm 5'8". I am not tall. And so I understand what it means to be short. Uh, I've never enjoyed standing next to for a shell. Um, <laughs> never. Uh, e even worse, even worse trying to play ultimate frisbee with the guy. Uh, I just tried to stay away because I could never get to the disc when, when he was around. So uh, for those of you that uh, are wondering right now, he was in the first service and I have his permission to do this. So, but uh, shorts, it's still hard for me to believe that of uh, the three of us that are on full-time staff, I'm the tallest. Um... <laughs> I just, I have to be taller at some point in time. Uh, where's, where's Terry? He, to, the first service he yelled yes, but we have more hair. Um, and they're still not taller. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Wow, what are we talking about? Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Uh, I, I also think it's very interesting how we tend to um, write, uh, we kind of tend to write off stories in Scripture as kids' stories. Uh, and, and I think this is one of those. Uh, 
for those of us who have been in church, grew up in church, we've heard the story of Zacchaeus since we were little. We've sung the song. It's a kid's story, right? Um, man, I, I hope today that we walk out of here and realize that, no, this is a story, or it doesn't matter how old I am, it's applicable to my life today. It's, it's amazing to me the things that we take and make kids' stories in Scripture. Uh, one of the ones that's always amazed me is the flood. Um, the flood is a, we make it a kid's story. How cute. Noah built a boat and he brought all the animals two by two into the boat and they lived in the boat together. God was killing all the evil people in the world in this story. He wiped out everyone except Noah and his family. But we tell it to kids and, and talk about how God brought these animals two by two onto this boat that Noah built. Uh, my mom used to sing the song to me, you know, when I was a kid. I, you know, man, it's a rough, it's a tough story. And we just make it a kid's story. And, uh, and then we tend to we tend not to go back to them sometimes as adults because we consider them kids' stories. So, so I hope that you will today say, Holy Spirit, open my heart, open my mind to this kid's story and, um, and say, uh, what do you have for me today? What do you have for me today? Uh, this, this, is, this was when we started looking at the, the different interactions that we could talk about. This is one that just stood out to me so much that I really, really uh, wanted to do. And, um, and so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this one. And, and I hope that all of us will, will listen to what the Spirit is saying. So if you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 19. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 10. And I'm going to invite you to stand uh, as we read God's word this morning. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to, to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Father, we thank you for, again, this recorded um, historical interaction. Uh, this this uh, event that took place. The, the repentance of a sinner and the redemption that came through Jesus. Father, I pray you open our minds. You'll give us ears to hear. That you open up our hearts and make our hearts fertile to receive your word. So that we could be more, more like you. So we could be closer to you. Uh, so that we could be holy as you are holy. 
so that we could be fruitful for your kingdom. We ask for your blessings on this time. We ask that this time is a blessing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. All right, so even as I'm reading, how many per- people could hear the song? I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard not to, isn't it? It's hard not to. Uh, so with this series, we're doing things a little bit differently. Uh, we're, we're starting with the story, and then we're going to look at the character that Jesus is interacting with. So we're going we're gonna to review the story again. We're going to do a quick characterization or a character sketch of, of uh, Zacchaeus or, or Zach. Can I just call him Zach? Um, of Zach. And then, and then Jesus' reaction and response, and then, and then what, what do we do with it? And so that's kind of the, the way that we're going to be looking at it. Um, so here's, you know, Jesus comes to Jericho. He's passing through. This is a major town. This is a major trade route. A lot of people travel through Jericho, so it's not a strange thing for Jesus to be going through Jericho. <laughs> And as he's going, the chief tax collector uh, has heard that Jesus is there. And just like everyone else, he wants to see Jesus. He wants to see what, who, who he is, what he's all about, what's all this attention. And apparently he's not the other one because there's the crowds. The crowds are there too. Okay? And so Zacchaeus, being of shorter stature, um, he can't see over the crowds. And because he's a tax collector and nobody likes him, because <laughs> he's a tax collector, Uh, he couldn't probably weasel his way through the crowd either. Well, that's probably the only way he could. It would be to weasel his way because no one would let him through. I mean, in our culture, usually if you're shorter, people let you get up front normally. Um, Utah people don't have to worry about that. Um, But uh, for short people, sometimes we just kind of let them get up front. The crowd was not going to let Zacchaeus uh, get up front. And so he knew the only way that he was going to be able to see Jesus was to find a higher vantage point. So he goes and finds a sycamore tree and climbs up. Uh, how many people know what I'm talking about and you get a picture in your mind when I say sycamore tree? I see very little, uh, very few, few hands, okay? Sycamore trees are large. They have a lot of leaves on them when, when they have their leaves. They have a lot of leaves. And so I think that Zacchaeus not only was wanting a higher vantage point, but when he did that, I think he chose a tree that had leaves that allowed him to hide among those leaves as well. I don't think he wanted to be seen up there. Most people didn't like him. He was a tax collector. We'll talk more about that later. So he climbs this tree to get above the great crowd. He's, I think, among these leaves trying to be hidden. And Jesus comes straight to the spot where he's at. And he looks up and he says, Zacchaeus, of course he knows his name. Come down. I'm going to go to your house. And he comes down and Zacchaeus welcomes him. And they head to his house. And the crowd is like, why in the world are you going to Zacchaeus' house? Don't you know that he's a sinner? Don't you know that he's a sinner? Jesus knows. (laughs) And he goes anyway. Well, it's probably the reason he went. It's probably the reason he went was because he was a sinner. And I I would say that each of those that were probably complaining, that were saying, don't you know he's a sinner? Um, Again, was probably a whole situation of, let's check out the plank in my own eye. We don't know what the conversation was. We don't know how long Jesus stayed there. We don't know 
did they eat together? Did they, we don't know how long he was there. We just know that Jesus was there in Zacchaeus' home, in Zach's home, with his family. And by the time it was said and done, uh, Zacchaeus repents. Zach repents. And as soon as he repents, he makes restitution for his sin by giving to the poor and paying back four times to those that he had cheated. Four times the amount. Jesus recognizes his repentance and announces that salvation has come to this household. Amen. Amen. A sinner who was lost was now found and he's in the kingdom of God. Amen. We should get excited about that. Instead, we're still thinking about the fact that he was a wee little man. Jesus says that he has faith like the faith of Abraham. He says he is a son of Abraham. I, I believe that this moment Jesus is talking to this crowd that has just called this man a sinner and has said, no, 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 he's a son of Abraham. He's no different than you. And we have to accept him as one who has repented and part of the family. He has been redeemed. He has been redeemed. I, I think this just shows the compassion of Jesus. It shows the compassion of Jesus. And, and that's our overarching theme with, with this series is the compassion of Jesus. And he wraps it up with uh, verse 10 there in Luke 19 where he says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. I mentioned this, this verse last week. I mentioned it this week. Good chance, guess what, next week. I want to say it again. Because this is why Jesus came. One of the main reasons Jesus came was to seek and to save the lost. And amen, that's what we get to see in this story of Zacchaeus. So who was Zacchaeus? Who was Zacchaeus? This is the only place in scripture that Zacchaeus is mentioned. Okay? It's the only place he's mentioned. So what we know about him, we just read, right? Well, there's some things that we can pull out of what's there. Some other things that we know that we can talk about. Um, Zacchaeus, his name means pure. And that was a big deal. So they knew that. And they understood that his name meant pure. And most of them probably knew that he was not living up to his name. Okay? And why was that? Uh, because Zacchaeus was a Jew. Uh, he was, uh, you know, descendant of Abraham. He was part of the, the nation of Israel. And yet at the same time, he was called a chief tax collector. That meant one of two things, okay? It meant either that he was the boss of the tax collectors or that he was the best at doing his job, Okay? We don't know which one, which one. This is the only place in Scripture that this chief tax collector phrase is used. So it's either he was the boss of all the tax collectors or he was the best at his job. Um, tax collectors were hated as traitors because they were Jewish people working for the occupying Roman Empire. So they were traitors. They were hated. People didn't like them. Because that's how they made their living. And the Roman Empire, they didn't really care how they did their job. They just cared that they got their money. 
And so if the tax collectors chose to make their life a little bit better by skimming off the top and getting some more, that's what they did and that's what they were known for. And so they were hated because they did that. And if he's the chief tax collector, he was the best at doing that. Can you say it that way? He was the worst at doing that. How do you want to say that? In his mind, he was the best at doing it. In his fellow Jews' minds, uh, in his fellow, his countrymen, he was the worst at doing it. Jericho was a good spot to do this in too. Jericho is a good spot to be a tax man. Why? Because there's a good trade route that ran through there. Um, there was a prominent um, grove of trees called balsam trees, a balsam grove that produced resin, and this resin was used throughout their culture. And so there was a lot of money that was being made and going through Jericho. And so it was a good place to be a tax man. Because not only did you get to do a lot of work, you got to keep a lot of money for yourself. And we know that because Zacchaeus was wealthy. Tax collectors are called sinners by the Pharisees and other Jewish people. Even Jesus recognized how much this culture hated tax collectors. In Matthew 18, 17, Jesus says, if they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen, even to the church, treat them as you would treat a pagan or a tax collector. Jesus isn't calling the tax collector a pagan. He's saying, that's how you guys treat them. You guys treat tax collectors just like they were pagans. That's how much they hated them. The good news, as we see in this story, Zacchaeus uh, is one that ends up repenting after his time with Jesus, and he's redeemed, and as a result of his redemption, we see generosity that comes out in the life of Zacchaeus. Generosity. He gives half of his money to the poor. He gives half of everything he has to the poor, and then he pays back four times the amount of those that he cheated to those that he had cheated to on. Okay, now if he's the chief tax collector, how many people did he cheat? How many? Whew. Now, if you know anything about accounting, uh, they, they keep very detailed numbers, don't they? They good. They have records of everything that they do. And I'm sure that he had records of everything he had done because he had to report it all to the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire wanted to make sure they were getting everything they were supposed to get. So I'm pretty sure that he was keeping good records of everything that he had done. And so I believe he knew what he had done wrong, who he had cheated, and how much he had cheated them. Hundreds of people, thousands of people. He was wealthy. And his money most likely made money. Zacchaeus, even though he uh, was wealthy and he gave half of everything he had to the poor and then four times those that he had cheated, he gave back. I believe he still wanted to provide for his family. See, being a tax collector wasn't wrong. It wasn't wrong to be a tax collector. It's the skimming off the top and keeping more than you were supposed to, that was wrong. John the Baptist in Luke chapter 3 says, Even tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they ask, what should we do? John replies, don't collect any more than you were required to. So it wasn't wrong to be a tax collector. 
but collecting more than you were required is what was wrong. And apparently Zacchaeus collected a lot more than was required. The tradition uh, that we have of Zacchaeus uh, goes back to the apostolic uh, constitutions, identify Zacchaeus as the first bishop of Caesarea. And so Apparently, according to tradition, there was more to life after his repentance uh, and his redemption. And so he, he's known as the first bishop of Caesarea. Uh, the Eastern Orthodox and the Greek Catholic churches, they read the, uh, the Zacchaeus account on the Sunday prior to Lent every year. And it's known as Zacchaeus Sunday. And the reason that they do that is because of Jesus' calling uh, of Zacchaeus to come out of the tree is, is reminding of, of Jesus' call to humanity to come to him. And then also because of the repentance that Zacchaeus shows in the story and that we are all called to repentance. So that's, that's Zacchaeus. The key, the key to me in this story is redemption. And I want us to focus in on redemption. That's, what, that's how Jesus responds is with redemption. He responds to the um, repentance of, of Zach. Zacchaeus is a very important character in Scripture. It is a story of repentance and redemption. Last week we talked about Andrew going to Jesus and saying, hey, where are you staying? And Jesus takes him to his house. This week we see Jesus coming along and saying, hey, I want to go to your house. Both stories happen in someone's home. And I think it's important for us to know that and look for opportunities. There's something about being in someone's home and the, the masks come off a little bit more and the walls come down a little bit more when we have opportunity to spend time in each other's homes. Um, Zach was hated. <laughs> uh, as I said, he was short and the crowd did not want to let him through. Um, but he heard that Jesus was coming and he wanted to see him for himself. I don't know, case of FOMO? case of fear of missing out, he wanted to see. We do a lot to fit in, don't we? We do a lot to be included. We even climb up maybe in a tree full of leaves so we can try to see what's going on. The reality is this. They called him a sinner. He was. He was. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? That's probably the biggest thing I struggle with with this whole story is that verse right there. They called him a sinner. They called him a sinner. They were offended that Jesus was going to go eat with a sinner. But what about me? What, what, Jesus, why don't you want to come meet with me? Don't you want to come to my home? Don't you want to come say, I follow you better than they do. God, don't, don't you want to give me things? Why has he got so much? Don't, don't you want to give stuff to me? I, I, I've, I've listened to you longer than they. Than he, he doesn't even know who you are. He's only heard of you. I've been following you for years. I, I should have all the stuff that he has. I, I should be blessed like he. Why does he have so much? We're all sinners. Uh, in, in a few weeks, I celebrate 
man, I, when I say this, I sound really old. Um, in a few weeks, I celebrate my 41st uh, birthday as a Christian. 41 years I've, I've, I've had the opportunity to know Jesus as my Savior. Um, and when I read this and I think about this and I say, here they are calling him a sinner and all I could think is, I, I, I'm, I'm still a sinner. I'm still a sinner. What right does anyone have to call anyone else a sinner? Because I, I'm still in this flesh and it's still, I still do things I don't want to do. Isn't it our natural flesh uh, desire to get ahead? Isn't it our natural flesh desire to be more than we are? To cheat the system? When we don't know Jesus, we, that's who we are. Those are the things that we do. That's what we try to accomplish. We, we try to be better than everyone else. I don't know how much Zacchaeus even cared that he was cheating these people because he just wanted to take care of his family and be comfortable and make a lot of money. Does that sound familiar? Who would have blamed him? Well, a lot of people did because we're the ones being cheated. But this is what we see in the world all around us. A number of years ago in Major League Baseball, there was this big race, home run race between Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. Anyone remember that? Some of you guys might be too young for that. But the, if you go back and look, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, they were both hitting home runs like crazy. And I tell you, when you look at them from their rookie year, which you're young in your rookie year, I get that, to the years that they were doing this, they looked like different guys. They were little, you know, athletic, you know, guys. And by the time it was this big home run race, they were just bulked up guys. They were strong. And, and I tell you, baseball, baseball ratings shot up. People were watching like crazy, watching these guys uh, hit these home runs. And it was exciting. And people were watching the games because they wanted to see these guys break the record. And then one would break and one would move ahead. And then the other one would come along and he would move ahead. And it was exciting. I watched more baseball that year than I probably ever have. I like to listen to baseball. That's way more fun. Um, but I watched baseball. Man, and everyone was watching. And, and, and I think most everyone knew that <laughs> these guys might be cheating. <laughs> A few years later, it came out that they were cheating. That they were using substances that gave them an advantage. But isn't that just natural? Isn't that just kind of human nature? We want to get ahead. We want to do more. We want to, you know, and... and if you really want to know how I feel about that, you should ask me about it. <laughs> they all called him sinners, but, you know, he was just trying to get ahead and do his thing and be his thing. Don't we all? Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what the Lord's convicting me of right now? My attitude towards other drivers. Anyone with me? I, I don't even remember the situation. I, I think I was just right here on Big A. Um, and someone did something like, what are you doing? I said it about that level. I think Isabel was in the car with me. I said it about that. What are you doing? I'm like, they can't hear me. You know, I, my hands might have gone up. They're looking in the rear view mirror. What's wrong with that guy? You know? <laughs> and, and, and almost instantly, I felt the Holy Spirit convict me and say, whoa, where, where's the fruit of patience right now? 
You don't know what kind of day this person's had. Did they even see you? Or or, or is their mind somewhere else because their mind should be somewhere else? I mean, in that moment? No, their mind should be driving on their car. That's what they're doing, right? That's not the right. I don't know what's going on in their life. Will this person just hurry up? Don't they need, don't they know I need to get home? I'm hungry. Drive. Maybe they, maybe they can't see well and they don't have the money to get their eyes fixed. That's kind of where God's been getting me. Um, we deal with sin our whole life, don't we? As I said, three weeks from now, I'll celebrate 41 years with Jesus. Um, I dealt with the, the sin of pride for years, for decades. When I was in college, uh, my buddies and I, we would, we would call each other out when we were acting prideful because we like to, you know, we like the spotlight on me. We, when we would start doing something, we'd grab our imaginary spotlight and we'd turn it on each other and say, look at me, because that's what we enjoyed doing. I, 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 that's what I wanted. I love the spotlight. I love the attention. I built youth ministries on it, being that loud, flamboyant, obnoxious person. And somewhere along the line, God took me and humbled me and said, that's not, it's not about that. It's not about you. It's about me. And I, and I had repenting to do. And, and now, and now, I, now I draw back probably even more than I should because I I don't want it to be about me. It should never be about me. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. I I, I purposely pull back sometimes and I've actually been accused of not being a people person or not being because I just don't want to get so close. I I, I don't want to start enjoying it being about me. This is hard for me sometimes because guess who everyone's looking at right now? It's hard. We all have sin in our life. We all have to be careful about who we're calling a sinner. But Jesus, right? But Jesus came along. And I don't know what that conversation was. I, I don't know what they talked about. All I know is at the end of it, Zacchaeus says, I repent. I repent. Jesus didn't care that he was a little guy. Jesus didn't care that he was a tax collector. Jesus didn't care about any of that. He just cared that he was lost and he wanted to see him found. And that's exactly what happens. And as soon as we see Zach repent, we see Jesus redeem. Amen. Amen. Jesus and the repentance change Zacchaeus' life, and we see it immediately. Immediately, he makes things right and more by showing generosity. By showing generosity, by giving to the poor, by giving back to those that he's wronged more than. 
How are we showing generosity in our lives as a result of what Jesus did for us? Our response. Our response. What what do we do with this interaction? I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And I'm going to ask you these four questions today. I'm going to ask you these four questions today. And I want you to think about these. I want you to pray about these. I want you to offer these to Jesus. And I want you to be real and honest with yourself. Because here's the thing. If you're not honest with yourself, Jesus is still honest with you. Okay? You can lie, but Jesus still knows the truth. Okay? So I'm going to ask you these four questions. This first one. What do we need to repent from today? What do we need to repent from? Uh, th- this very well could be a room full of Christians. Every single one of us could be a believer. Every single one of us. But I would say also, every single one of us is still dealing with sin. And what do we need to repent from today? Now this is the good news. If you're a believer of Jesus, you're forgiven. You are made white as snow. You are clean. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't be coming and saying, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. And repenting. So what do we need to repent from? And if you need to repent from someone today, our heart should not be, look at that sinner. If our heart is, look at that sinner, get up here and repent along with this person. Instead, we should rejoice for every person that we see that comes and repents. Because we have been redeemed just like they have. Second question, how are we walking in that redemption? Zach showed generosity. How are we walking in our gratefulness for what Jesus has done for us? Third question, are we sharing our Jesus repentance redemption story with others? I'm so thankful that it's in Scripture, that the story's in Scripture. The story's been shared. How are we sharing our story? Who's God placed in our life that needs to hear our Jesus repentance redemption story? Maybe ask God to lay someone in your heart And the fourth thing is, are we forgiving others? The crowd, Jesus directed that statement. He is now a son of Abraham to that crowd. So that crowd would forgive a repentant man, a redeemed man. Are we forgiving others? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you today? Father, Father, I love every person in this room. Every single person in this room was created by you and you love them. And God, I'm thankful for them. Father, I pray that you will draw hearts to you today. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand and sing.